0: 16 December 1985, John Gotti organizes a ruthless assassination on Gambino crime boss Paul Castellano outside the Sparks Steakhouse in New York City. Gravano, in his court testimony, said that he sat next to Gotti waiting for the murder to unfold as they watched close by. At 5 p.m., Gotti's four hitmen were waiting outside the entrance to the steakhouse and when Castellano's car pulled up alongside a red light, Gotti gave the order over a walkie-talkie. Gravano and Gotti watched from behind the tinted windows of a Lincoln sedan as the four gunmen shot Castellano six times. Gotti drove past slowly before making an exit onto 2nd Avenue back into Brooklyn. This is Blind History and we advance to the year 1940. Anthony Medera and I are going to talk a little bit about John Gotti, who's one of the most famous mobsters in history. An Italian-American gangster became boss of the Gambino crime family in New York City.
1: Showed the world who was boss. <laughs> you know, I love the story about John Gotti. So he got what he wanted. A lot of people say he took down the mafia. He had a massive ego, mm. huge ego. He was a bully and a brute and violent, but charismatic, good looking. He knew how to dress what he wanted was to be the greatest. And he actually watched these the Godfather movie and he actually really believed it. Hmm. And so that's what he wanted to be. And ultimately, in the end, the fact that we're talking about him here and the fact that he's, especially in the 80s, he, he was on the front cover of Time magazine and the New York Post, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So in the end, he got what he wanted. He died reasonably young in 2002. He died so, in jail. Hey. He died in jail from hmm. throat cancer. Obviously, those big cigars that he kept smoking. But he was... In the mold of Al Capone. But that's completely offside. It gave the Mafia gray hairs. Ultimately, it was a loose cannon. He loved the media. So it was so easy to tape him. Hmm. And whereas the Mafia bosses from the past, most of them you never saw pictures of. Yeah, they were
0: all hidden away. They were quiet. They didn't want people to know what the hierarchy was. They weren't looking
1: for attention. But this guy... He loved the attention. He loved the attention, and that was the problem. So that's how it led to the downfall because it was, it was easy pickings for the FBI. And whereas Carlo Gambino, there was one picture in the history of Carlo Gambino who started this family's life that was taken, that they had, and he died of natural causes. So, how did Gotti start? He was born in New York City in the Bronx. And his dad basically had a job as just a laborer, also a bit of a low-life gangster, and Mm. gambled, same as his uh, son. But he had no money, and he had 13 children. Wow. So he obviously definitely believed in Mother Teresa's strategy. But ultimately, in the end, he was number five of the 13. Wow. And they were dead, broke, and poor. By 12, he was actually quite an accomplished thief. But didn't he also sell drugs at an early age? In his teens. Yeah. So I'm not aware of that. It definitely, he brought Drugs into the Mafia. Oh, wow. I'm jumping around a little bit, but just prior to becoming Don, Paul Castellano, who was the Don at the time, had been appointed by Carlo Gambino just before he died. Mm-hmm. Paul Castellano was the brother-in-law of of Carlo Gambino, and they called him the Pope. But he was going to take the Gambino family, which was the biggest of the five big families in New York that had come across in the early 1900s, he um, was going to take them into a new way where a legitimate business right. part of and the new era. And he was sort of like in The Godfather, where Michael tries to take the family into legitimate business. Exactly, 100%. Uh, but he didn't mingle well with the people on the street. So he didn't have that connection. John Gotti came from absolute slum. So he had the connection with the people. That was the biggest challenge. And that led to. Gotti putting a hit on him, but Gotti said no. You know, we're not making money here. We're going to start with heroin, but that was taboo in the mafia. Hmm. You actually will be killed. You'll be taken out and killed. And Paul Castellano wanted to kill John Gotti because he believed he was moving heroin, and he was very scared that John Gotti was going to take the family down. Mm-hmm. So what basically happened was the underboss of the whole Gambino family, Gotti, went to him and said, "Listen, please just talk to to the Pope. That was his nickname, Paul Castellano, and just talk to him and just smooth things over." But this and the boss died. All oh, right. So, God, he said he was pushed into a corner, so he took him out. he so had to have him killed. He had him killed. And this is sort of in the middle of the story, but he had him killed outside. A famous restaurant, and I've actually been to this restaurant. It's actually quite nice to do the Mafia tour in New York. (laughs) There's bullet holes in the wall. Yeah. And it's a seedy looking dark red type of restaurant. And it really looks (laughs) like (laughs) like, a place you'd kill someone. Exactly. But outside the bullet holes, what happened was at Christmas, it was the 16th of December. Paul was going to go have a dinner with his family. And he came in in this big black car. John God, he didn't even get made men to kill him. That was also one thing that the mafia frowned upon. He got the heroin dealers to kill him. Hmm. It's a famous picture. You've, people have seen it all over the place. He's lying half out the car on the ground with a pool of blood. And two days later or two weeks later, I think, John Gotti was the, was the don of the Gambino family. Didn't take long, huh? So that was where the drug angle came from.
0: Jeez. So, why is it that we, we know so much more about him and that he's the most famous Don and he was, he was given these, uh, these names and these titles and, and he was held in such esteem by people who care about the mob and people who are interested in the American crime families. How did he go from, from poverty and taking out a hit in Paul Castellano to, to being this, this larger than life figure? I mean, what was his family like? Did he get married?
1: So he married very young. He married Victoria. They fought all the time. So he wanted to stop the fighting. So actually he wanted to go straight and he went straight for a week, something like that. It was ridiculous. And then he went <laughs> back. He was a very, very good, um, hijacker. So he was famous. He went to jail for two years for, for the airport hijacking incident. He had to do a hit and he murdered his first, um, victim.
0: And that's how you became a, me- a member. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. And he started building his way up. He was very, very efficient. And extremely violent and aggressive. Once again, very charismatic. So his crew loved him. And the people around him loved him. So at the time, as he started growing up in the family, this is where the normal people on the street really got close to him, was he would hold these massive parties and barbecues. And that he invited the whole street. There was crime in New York, massive amounts of crime in New York before Giuliani started trying to clean up New York. And if you lived close to John Gotti... You was safe because there's no ways anybody's going to go and tamp come in at the head of the Gambina Valley or even the head of the of that particular crew at the time. So they loved him when he was locked up. They tied yellow ribbons around the trees, and it's as if somebody important and with big heart had died. But it was Gotti had been incarcerated. How did they eventually catch him? What did they catch him on? It's quite an interesting story, but very briefly, <clears throat> up until that point, the only the only thing the FBI could do was get you on singular. Offences, because it was never proven that there was no such thing, and that's because the the the, the mafia made it like that. Organised crime didn't exist, yeah. So they came up with the racketeering influenced. It's called RICA, mm-hmm. and corruption organisation act. So what it basically meant was that it's an organization. So if you get taken down, you won't just go away for two years. They can lock you up for 10, 12 years. So people that were caught thought, no, no, maybe not so much. I don't want to get locked up. So they started turning state witness, which had never happened in the history of the mafia. And Sammy the Bull Gravano, who was his underboss, flipped on him squealed turned, squealed and he took him down and he, so he went down for racketeering and because he'd been in out in out in out they threw the book at him and he went in for life
0: and obviously his legend grew while he was in prison as well and it's not like his family were thrown in with him so victoria continued to live this larger than life life and and his own son became a bit of a celebrity and there's actually a movie coming out with john travolta in it this year sometime so he's become in death and in prison a much bigger figure than he might have been, if it was just a New York gangster.
1: He, so they called him the Teflon Don initially, because so, none of the charges would stick. So he kept getting out of out of the. They, they would bar the or threaten, let's say the the jury. He got off a lot. So that was really where he started shooting to fame, and that was where everybody on TV, even when I was growing up, I used to see it, and that's where he shot to fame. And that was when he was in the Time Magazine, Teflon Don, nothing sticks. But when he went into jail, the typical of his character, he wanted to bring his whole family. If you know, he's got 12 siblings. <laughs> he wanted to bring his whole family into the, into the mob. So his Gene was in, Frank was in, and Junior, uh, John, John Goddard Junior, Jr., yeah. he just appointed him. He wasn't even a made man. He appointed him the don. So everything that he did was just off-sides. It was almost like he was living in a movie, right? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly spot on, Gareth. Because, exactly. because the
0: Lucchese crime, crime family boss, a guy called uh, Casso, said that what John Gotti did was the beginning of the end of the Cosa Nostra.
1: True. You know, what I believe is, so we talk about the heroin story. That was the beginning of the end. In other words, when they went into drugs, which they said, no, we never go into drugs. But Lucky Luciano, who was one of the first Italians across to start, the mafia in, in the early 1900s, he was bootlegging. Yeah. So what's the difference? Yeah. So John Gotti was trying to make money. He got tight with the Mexicans. And also the other thing is this Ricca thing also took them down. Right. It was just that John Gotti was such an easy target because he loved talking and didn't mind the attention. Yeah. So, so the Lucchesi, fair enough, that can be part of it, but it's not the whole story. Apparently
0: he even got into fights in prison, like beaten up in prison. Apparently. Yeah. He was a big target. But he was, as you say, also aggressive,
1: right? Yeah, he was. Very, but then you know he was fifty, so he wasn't as quick as he was when he was <laughs> when he was and, younger. And did he ever kill
0: anyone himself? Yes, yeah, he did. Many guys, or just the one that he? he well,
1: had. I mean, it's hard to say. But he's, his first murder, they, you know, they, if you look back and read biographies, that his first murder. So we're not sure. But ultimately, in the end, the leaders of these organisations need to be clean. And and so the, the higher up you go, the less you start doing the dirty work. So basically, he had Paul Castellano killed. You know, he said, kill Paul Castellano. But he'd never committed that crime. But yeah, so he killed a few people.
0: And as you say, he used to be this stylish guy as well. He would dress the part. There was this power dressing. There were these suits that he would have made. And he'd wear jewelry and like he'd look the part of the don and And usually, in those situations, you make yourself as as conspicuous as that it's
1: easy for them to pick you off mm, and I think uh, Gareth that's exactly what happened, and the rest of the the other four families thought this guy's crazy he's He's really really he's just <laughs> he's going to take us out. He used to go every morning to to the to to his barber down the road to pluck his nose hairs and his ears and so a lot of vanity this, he was so egotistical
0: so but, apparently at <clears throat> the time of his takeover, the Gambino family. Was the biggest American mafia family? They had an annual income of five hundred million, and in the book Underboss, Gravano estimated that Gotti himself had an annual income of not less than five
1: to ten million in his years as boss. So when he was locked up, this, the net worth was ten million. Wow! But he had a big gambling habit. Okay, so, so it would have been more if he wasn't a gambler. Yeah, I mean he, he lost lots and lots of money on on gambling. But from a young age, I mean, he just he hijacked a tractor when he was sixteen, and it fell on his foot, or part of it fell on his foot, and he had that limp, that famous Gotti limp, till the till the day he died. Wow. Yeah. So he was already at sixteen; he'd already had run-ins with the law. Twenty-one, he was a, he was already known by the police as a as an up-and-coming um, thug. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And I suppose now um his family are thrilled that uh, that he lived this incredible life that they can they can own the legacy of
1: yeah, I think it 's it's all about the money i mean his uh, his daughter really milked at Victoria. she had that program um on t v where she the, the two sons and she was she 's an author, I think you know yeah. I stand to be corrected, but I think she 's an author and growing up gaudy or whatever yeah, was, and you know? she kept visiting somebody in prison now. That wasn't John Sr. because he'd already passed away. So it possibly could have been, I don't know. She married a mobster and he was locked up. But, you know, if you look at Al Capone and you look at John Gotti and you look at John Dillinger, these guys had massive egos. And it happens the same time. We might have talked before, you know, where we love history and, you know, you should learn from history. And it's amazing that these, the same thing happens to these guys. They end up in prison and they die in prison. And, uh, it would be nice if they maybe look back and said, hang on, maybe, maybe we should change the story a bit yeah.
0: Well, there he is, John Gotti, most famous American gangster. Thanks for listening to this episode of Blind History, brought to you by Taylor Blinds and Shutters. This is CliffCentral.com.